Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I am a yoga teacher with many years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to show you how to get confident, speak clearly, feel authentic, grow your impact, earn your worth, and build a community. For years, I've been working with teachers in my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, and I've seen so many teachers transform, and I can help you get there too. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, don't forget to also follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 217. So I'm recording this on December 8th, 2022, and this will go live on December 12th, 2022. So you're listening on or around that date. And I first want to start out by saying welcome to December. I know we're almost midway through December. I just feel like uh, we're really kind of in it now. And I also want to just say, if you're hearing some noise in the background, it's because there is construction going on outside my house and there's really no place in my house where I can go except for maybe a closet. I don't know. Maybe I should think about going into um, the uh, the closet in my, in my bedroom there. Uh, hopefully it won't be too much of a distraction. So needless to say, we've got some things to talk about. I would love to share with you some topics that are near and dear to my heart and also come up so many times in conversations I have with teachers, whether it's in Facebook groups or on my Instagram lives or comments that people make on my social media or emails that I get. And it has to do with really the two major topics that yoga teachers just spend a lot of energy around. And that is sharing cues and building sequences. And it was kind of interesting because I was having a business conversation with some other entrepreneurs the other day. And I was, they were asking me what I do and who I help and how do I help them. And we were talking through this topic around queuing. And this uh, entrepreneur who is not a yoga teacher, although she is a fitness instructor, said, I would imagine your, uh, I would imagine yoga teachers want to have their cues just flow freely from them. And I said, yeah, that is definitely the case. Matter of fact, I remember one of the teachers that uh, had enrolled in my program when she enrolled and I had an intro call with her, she said those exact words. She said, Karen, I just want my cues to flow just flow. I don't want to have to think so hard. What am I going to say? I don't want to have this funny feeling like I don't really know what I'm talking about. I want them to just flow easily from me. And so if this resonates with you, this episode is definitely going to be for you. So I want to start out by speaking a little bit about 
an, um, uh, gosh, an experience I had just yesterday teaching kids. And I think I might've mentioned this on the last episode over the past couple of weeks, I've started teaching children again. And those classes, which I have been teaching children for over 10 years, those classes went away, of course, when everything shut down because of the pandemic. And it really took this long, so two and a half years for my kids' classes to reemerge. And, and actually, I'm not even teaching in the place where, in, in any of the places where I was originally teaching. This is a brand new client. It's a charter school in Boston. So I went to class yesterday and they were just running around. They had so much excess energy. It was a whole day of rain. So I'm sure they didn't get any time outside. And so when I showed up at 3.30, they were running around just all over the place. And so after giving them five minutes of just free time, I pulled them into a circle and started to teach the class. And it became very apparent that they were still just super high energy and needed tons of redirection. So I want you to imagine, and I think if you're listening and you're a mom or you're a dad, you know, you have children, uh, you'll relate to this. Even if you're listening and you don't have kids, you don't work with kids, you, you know, don't have a lot of exposure to kids. I want you to imagine because you're probably listening and you're probably a yoga teacher. So I want you to imagine not only having to share your cues but also having to redirect your students to stay focused, to stay on the mat, to stop running around, right? And you're always trying to present it from the positive. So you don't wanna say, stop doing that. You wanna say, hey, can I have your focus? So you're having to use your brain power for not only cueing, right? Not only in the affirmative, telling them what you want them to do, you're also at the same time time trying to redirect them. Now, this, of course, doesn't happen in your adult classes. However, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because it speaks to a common thread, whether we're teaching kids or teaching adults. We need to have our cues be directive. We need to have our cues be succinct. We need to have our cues be clear. And if they are not any of those things, we will lose the class. And if we're teaching children, it's going to be a thousand times worse because with kids, you have basically two seconds to get their attention. And if you don't, they're often doing something else. So the reason I was able to do it and the reason I wasn't flustered and the reason within the first 10 minutes I was able to calm them to a point where they could focus is because I was using clear directive action cueing. I wasn't giving them anything excessive. I wasn't going on and on and on. And it came from a place of me knowing what I wanted to share, not sharing things that I was unfamiliar with. I wasn't going to take these kids into some exercise around some topic that I was unfamiliar with. I was sticking with what I knew. I was sticking with the lesson plan I came prepared to teach. I wasn't letting how they were showing up derail me from what I was uh, intending to do. And so the, the, the piece here that I want to share with you is the power and the impact of action-oriented cueing. And this is really what I am um, 
going to share more with you about today here in this episode. Because when you start to share your cues from an action place, from an action perspective, you will engage your students in a way that you may not be engaging them now. And in fact, you may be thinking you need to share complicated cues, or you may be pretending to be your mentor and sharing cues from that person, or you may be repeating from a script, whatever it is, you may be feeling influenced by social media, classes you watch on YouTube, and you may be with all these other influences sharing cues in a way that doesn't feel authentic to you. And maybe you're not really sure how to get the train back on the track. And so I'm going to share with you again, the easiest way to do that is to simply teach from action. Teaching from action is just one of the approaches I teach inside my program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program. And if you're interested in finding out more about it, all you need to do is send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email. So this is just one piece because of course, we don't wanna just teach from action. However, the reason I'm sharing it with you is that number one, it's the easiest thing you can do right now to feel more confident as a teacher. You don't need to go to any special training. You don't need to spend money on any hours-based training. You don't need to read a book, buy a book, any of that. This is something you can do right now that is going to make you feel more or going to help you feel more confident. And bonus, it's going to help your students as well because they're going to understand faster and better what it is you're trying to say, what it is you want them to do. And so it's a double win. It's a double win. So action cues, let's think about it. When you went into your first teacher training program, before you ever had anybody in that program, uh, whoever was running it, talk to you about cueing techniques, you knew how to do warrior one, you knew how to do warrior two, you knew it of course, from your practice. Now, I will say it is very different to cue someone through the practice versus do the practice. And this is the first kind of big light bulb realization that teachers have, which is, oh my God, I can't believe how hard it is. Or it seems just really, really different for me to articulate the practice versus just doing it. And that is actually very true. And it's a very astute observation. So if you've had that observation, it's absolutely true. You're absolutely in the right place. The problem that I see, though, is that teacher trainings do, quite honestly, a really poor job of giving yoga teachers a strategy they can implement right away to get what I like to call, and what we call in the entrepreneurial space and some of the groups I'm in, a quick win. We want our the people that work with us inside our program to have quick wins because that helps in my case, that helps you, the yoga teacher, when you invest in my program, that helps you feel like you made a good decision investing money in working with me. You get a quick win. And so here, what I'm actually doing is I'm giving you a sneak peek of what it's like to work with me inside my program by sharing with you one of the main strategies I teach the teachers that are in the program, and that is to teach from action. So I've already laid out how you're going to do this. And this really, if I go into it just a little bit further, this really speaks to leaning heavily into what you already know as a student. 
you know warrior one is stepping one foot forward, stepping the other leg back, planting the feet on the floor, centering the hips and reaching the arms up in the air. You know that, you know, if you were to teach a four-year-old warrior one, you would tell them some variation of what I just said. So basically you're going to use the same template when you teach your classes. You're going to go into the studio. You're going to say to yourself in your head, I'm just teaching from action. That's going to take a huge pressure off your back. That feeling of, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what to say. It's going to relieve all that pressure because now you're focusing on what you already know. And you're just basically seeing it through the lens of action cues only. So what do you gain here? Well, you no longer have to think so hard about what am I going to say? Because you know your approach. You no longer have to use words where you're not exactly sure what they mean. Squeeze your glutes in this pose. Here you, you might feel your hamstrings lengthening. Can you pull your femur back? Like all these anatomy-based cues where you might be feeling like, ah, I'm not really sure I know what that means. There's no more of that. You're basically teaching from action. Now, from your student's perspective, what do they get when you're teaching in this way? As I said before, they know exactly what you want them to do. They don't have to think so hard to figure out what you want them to do. The, the fact that their action cues allows for just a little bit more silence because you're not having to fill in with all this extra explanation. It's super clear and less stressful. They don't have to think about what it is you mean. So it really gives them a much more even paced class and one where they really can settle into the practice. So using action cues, and action cues are just one of the types of cues that I teach about. There are four in total. So I'm just sharing one with you. And I'm sharing what I call a cues framework with you. This is part of my own system. You're not going to learn this from anybody else. So a cues framework in this case is to just teach action cues, just teach action cues. So this is something that you can, talking again about this quick win, you can do this tomorrow in the class you teach tomorrow. And in fact, if you're willing and coachable and open to trying this, try it and then send me a DM and let me know how it went. Not only how it went from the perspective of what you saw, but what you felt, because this is where, really where the secret lies. You will most likely, I can't promise anything. However, I'd be willing to bet you're going to feel much more confident because you're leaning heavily into what you already know. And all I'm doing here is I'm giving you a framework through which to share what you know that's very, very organized and very, very specific. So it takes a whole bunch of other factors off your plate. You don't even need to worry about these things. So that's the cues part. So I said at the top of this episode, the other thing I wanted to talk about is sequencing. Now, sequencing is always the other topic that is high up on the list when I talk to yoga teachers, things like I'm spending too much time building my sequence. I don't know what to put in my sequence. And of course, my favorite, 
I'm changing my sequence all the time. And sort of related to this, although I'm not gonna go into this one in massive detail, is the issue of I'm teaching with my, I'm sorry, I'm practicing with my class and I really wish I could just drop that habit. So we're gonna kind of hold off on that. Right now, I wanna really focus on the sequencing part. And I'm going to start out with, I don't think this is really controversial, although I usually hear a lot of resistance from yoga teachers when I suggest this. And that is, if you want to get better at building your sequence, stop changing your sequence all the time. Build a sequence, teach that sequence consistently for a while. That could be three months, that could be six months. Whatever it is, it's some period of time that gives you a chance to build up really good skill and knowledge around that sequence. And inevitably, there's only one reason teachers come back to me and say, that's not going to work for me. And in fact, I had a DM conversation with someone on Instagram the other day where this teacher said, my students are going to get bored. I really don't want to teach the same sequence all the time and you know, gave a bunch of other uh, reasons why that wouldn't work for them. Now, of course, do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. I will continue to state and continue to be of the mindset that when teachers change their sequences all the time, it's more for them and less about the students. It's more for them, meaning they think it's something the students need, when in fact, it's really not something the students need. It's really more that the teacher thinks the students need that because they need it to be interesting. They need it to be cool. They need it to be fun. They need to, you know, whatever it is. Now, two sort of caveats I'm going to throw in there. Number one, because I also have my background as a personal trainer, because I also specialize in anatomy, I know about the body. I obviously don't know everything about the body. However, what I do know about the body does speak to the value of variability. And when we look at things, even just from a muscular standpoint, it is absolutely beneficial to challenge your body in different ways. When we just look at movements of the joints and actions of different muscles. Now, one thing to keep in mind, in a typical 60-minute yoga practice, it's probably one of the only kinds of exercise where we're moving through all the planes of motion. For instance, when you go for a run, when you ride a bike, when you walk for exercise, you're always moving through that sagittal plane. You're never moving side to side. That's just one example. So the variety that you get in one yoga practice is really high. You're getting a lot of variety. So you're giving your body, it's probably one of the best total body workouts there is. And so if we're then saying, well, but we need our body to have variety, the way your students are going to get variety and the better way, quite frankly, for them to get variety is not to do yoga all the time. Don't look to yoga to give you functional movement variation. Add other things 
into your weekly workouts. And quite frankly, all of us as yoga teachers, I don't want to say should dissuade people from coming to yoga all the time. However, we, we should encourage them to go for a run, go for a walk, go lift some weights for God's sakes. You need the resistance training, especially women over the age of 50 or in active menopause. So again, I will, till the cows come home, I will state this position as my position, which is you can teach the same sequence all the time. You just need to understand what to look for when your students are doing those movements. And this holds for whatever sequence you're teaching because you want them to be in alignment and you don't want them to, in particular poses, be um, taking the pose in a way that's going to create muscle strain or joint strain, things like that. So that's kind of the first thing I wanted to address. The second thing is, and this is like for all the people out there, and maybe this isn't you, although I get this sometimes, when I say teach the same sequence, Okay, can we just be real here for a second? I'm not saying literally every single class, every single pose is exactly the same. Yes, you certainly can teach three balances instead of four. Maybe you add an extra bridge. Maybe you take out wheel. The point is you're generally sticking to the same sequence. No more are you pulling out your 20 yoga books every Sunday night to figure out what's the theme for next week's classes. Like you don't have to do that anymore. You go in there and you own that friggin' sequence and you provide clear action cues. And I promise you in as little as 30 days, you are going to feel so much more confident and you are going to knock the socks off your students. You're only making it harder for yourself when you change things up all the time. And again, it's not for them. It's probably for you based on an assumption that doesn't exist. Now, the other thing I will say, which is a way that you can sort of bring a little variety in while teaching a similar sequence is change your verbiage. So I could teach the same damn class Monday, Wednesday and Friday, but Monday I could focus my verbal cues and bring in themes of foundation. Wednesday, I could teach the same sequence and bring in themes of breath. Friday, I could teach the same sequence and hold them longer in a pose and speak a little bit to strength. So I could pepper into my action cueing a little couple of verbi, a uh, little couple of, of statements that speaks to the theme. But I don't have to go and change the whole damn sequence. I can just teach the same poses. So again, you know, at this stage of, you know, the yoga industry and all that's out there and all the trainings and all of it, I mean, there's just so much pressure that, that teachers put on themselves to just be all the things and do all the things. And I really want to emphasize to you and if this speaks to you, you are making it harder on yourself. And as a result, you're most likely not reaching your students the way you want to reach them because there's all this stuff in between. So, you know, if you want to call it, you know, kind of simplifying things, that's another way to think about it. However, I don't want you to think that this approach means you're 
diluting the practice or making it really simple, or this only works for beginners. Absolutely not. I can certainly say for myself, after many years of practice, when I would go to class with my original teacher, Baron Baptiste, he wouldn't do anything fancy. And I would leave and think, oh my God, that was such a challenging class. And it was a lot of these fundamentals, holding people longer in poses, using clear action cues, just unfettered, clear teaching. You know, honestly, I sort of feel like we're at the point right now where people are just trying to do everything and the kitchen sink. And we really need to take out the sink, go back to the basics and really stay the course to teach in this way, regardless of all the influences we're getting. You know, I'll give you an example in my business and the things that I do to reach more yoga teachers, to help more yoga teachers. There are some things that I focus on as ways to connect with more teachers. There are lots and lots of different ways I can do that. However, I lean in right now to certain things. Like for instance, Instagram is my main way of, on social media, connecting with yoga teachers. I have a YouTube channel. I have a TikTok page. I have Facebook, but it's really Instagram where I do the most connecting with yoga teachers. And so even though so many people these days are like, you've got to be on TikTok and YouTube shorts and all this, I just keep saying to myself, no, 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 no. Every once in a while, I'll post a YouTube video. Every once in a while, I'll post a TikTok video, even though at the beginning of this year, I really was like super excited about it. And I was putting a lot of time into it. I've had now almost 12 months of data to understand better that TikTok just really isn't a great place for me. I think it's a great, as, as, a, as a yoga teacher looking to connect with more yoga teachers, I know that sounds kind of strange, but there's a lot of marketing reasons why it just doesn't work for me. Where Instagram works a lot better for me, I can have a lot more meaningful conversations. Matter of fact, you listening right now, you might be somebody that found me on Instagram. So that's just a testament to how effective it works. So again, the point of that story is I have to have the self-discipline as I see other entrepreneurs in my business group saying, oh, I'm having this great time on TikTok, finding all these people who are looking for my expertise. I have to say to myself when I see that, no, I've already tested it. TikTok is not for me and stay the course of what I'm doing, which I know is working. And so what I'm suggesting is you can do the same thing. You can teach with clear, effective action cues. You can teach with a sequence that you're repurposing over and over and over again, and just changing things really in a minor way, even though everybody around you has their journals and every month they're changing their sequence and, you know, they're coming in with a new theme and a new sequence and all of this and get the props and it's just all of it. And that's not to say that that's bad. This isn't bad or good. It's really about when we look at a teach as a teacher, when we look as a teacher at what we're doing, one of the things that we can do, and in fact, we should do is look at what's working and what's not. However, for so many yoga teachers, there's that real um, challenge of being able to step back and clearly see 
what is happening and what could be improved. And this is in large part because so many teachers were, and this could be you, maybe you did your 200 hour training uh, via Zoom and during the pandemic when everything went remote, maybe you haven't had one-on-one support from a mentor. And that can, in a lot of cases, result in teachers who are just kind of out there doing what they're doing doing good work and at the same time, feeling a lack of confidence, feeling really scattered, feeling pressured to change your sequence all the time and cue in this particular way and say this cue and all of this kind of stuff. And really with just a little bit of one-on-one coaching, you could probably find a new way of showing up that would feel so much better to you and allow you to help your students in a totally up-leveled way. So I, I just, in summary here, I just, you know, am, am I was gonna say, I'm hoping, I really, uh, I do hope <laughs> that this conversation here about these two aspects of teaching, cueing and sequencing, has maybe opened your eyes to some things that maybe you were resistant to hearing. You know, when I talk to yoga teachers, um, you know, on Instagram and direct messaging or through email or whatever, one of the things I always can pick up on is if someone is closed-minded. If someone is just really heels dug in and they're thinking their way is the right way and the only way. And that's not someone that I can work with because let's face it, if you're not interested or open to trying something new, then there's really no reason for me to be having a conversation with you, right? Because you think your way is the only way and the right way and that's it. And it's always kind of curious to me because oftentimes teachers that, I perceive are in that place, in that state of mind, have usually reached out to me with a problem. I don't have confidence. I don't feel like things are going well. I can't, um, you know, I'm having a hard time building up, you know, my class numbers, or I would like to start a particular type of program and I'm not, you know, finding that I have the, the, the energy to do it or the courage to do it, or I don't know how to do it, you know? So it's just always interesting. You know, it's a, it's like, imagine someone came to you and you knew how to help them. And they said to you, I have problem X and you have, you had the solution to solving problem X. And so, you know, you said to them, well, here's step one and how you can solve problem X. And they said, well, I don't want to do that. And you knew, well, if they're unwilling to do step one, they're never going to be able to go through step two through 10 and get the result that you know they could get if they would just be willing to start from the beginning. So the reason I gave that example is because if you're feeling like, even as you're listening to me now, if your inner teacher is saying, or that inner voice is saying, oh, Karen doesn't know what she's talking about. Oh, this is baloney. Oh, this will never work for me. Just maybe take a moment, take a breath or two and ask yourself, is there something in this for me? And see what comes up you know, and see if you can sort of be the seer, you know, in, in meditation, they have the seer as that entity that's like outside yourself, looking at yourself. Can you be the seer and objectively say, there's no possibility for this to at least be worth a try. 
So with that, I'm going to leave you with what I always like to end my podcast with a call to action. And, and I'm just literally telling you what it is. It's a call to action because I want to know if you as a podcast listener are ready to move from this sort of space of just listening to content to actually moving to action. Because if that's you, you're a teacher I want to work with. If you're at a point though, where you're listening and absorbing, that's great. That's great. We all sort of start there. I think though, we all get to a point where the challenges we're facing, we know we want to fix and we know that these challenges are urgent and we can clearly see on the other side of these challenges being solved. We know that better roads are ahead for us and we're really going to make a huge impact. So with that, I'll say, if you are ready to build your confidence, share clear cues and easily build your sequences within the next 30 days, I want you to DM me the words podcast, cues, and sequencing. Podcast, cues, and sequencing. And when you DM me or email me those words, I'm going to know you listen to the podcast and you want and you're ready to make changes in a positive direction around your cueing and your sequencing. So DM me or email me the words podcast, cues, and sequencing. So with that, we're going to end the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to chat with you on the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. And thank you so much for being part of my community and for spending some time with me here on the show. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a quick note. I have a brand new recorded workshop page And I'm really excited to offer you an opportunity to watch recorded workshops whenever you want. I have the first installment of a workshop on the page on the website, and it is a short workshop all about how to give effective cues. And so all you need to do to watch this free workshop is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, and you'll see the listing in the dropdown for recorded workshops. When you click that page, you'll see on that page the link to sign up to watch that recorded workshop. I'll be adding more workshops in the future to this page, and it's a way that you can access educational and growth information for teachers without having to make a workshop at a particular time. I love to get together with teachers live, both in person and of course online, which is where I'm doing most of my interaction with teachers right now. However, I appreciate that sometimes people can't make a workshop or the time doesn't work for them or they're in a different time zone. So I want you to know that this page can be a resource for you so that as you're out there and you have questions about different things, or you have maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes that you wanna devote to your continuing education as a teacher, you can just go to my website, pull up this recorded workshops page, and there will be resources there for you to take a look at. And 
all of the workshops that I share are all designed at number one, giving you information and number two, giving you the skills that come from getting that information. It doesn't do you any good if I'm just giving you information on anatomy. If I don't show you how you can use it in your teaching to grow as a teacher, to grow your impact, then it's really not very useful. So all my workshops will have that dual focus sharing a little bit and then showing you how to apply it. So I hope you'll check that out. If you have any questions or feedback, definitely let me know. Just send me an email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I look forward to hearing from you. Namaste.